When it comes to Bill C-10 regulating content on the Internet, there seems to be this frenzied obsession for the Trudeau government to ram this thing through as fast as possible. And this is, you know, put the pandemic aside, this is one of the most consequential pieces of legislation we have seen in this country. And in just the last 24 hours, this government has been in a flurry of activity, shutting down all debate, even on a number of amendments that have never even been made public. So they're not letting any expert advice, no discussion. And for all the hysteria over the Ford government using the notwithstanding clause on third-party spending, this threat to free speech, where's the outrage over a bill that is so deeply flawed, very dangerous, and is being essentially rushed through in secret. Michael Geist is a law professor and Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Law. He joins us now. Good to have you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And you have been watching this very, very closely and, um, you know, and you've been writing about this and you partially write in very short that it's hard to think of a more secretive lawmaking process in a democracy than passing amendments to a bill that are not made available to the public prior to the vote, nor open for any discussion or debate. And this is a government that's made over 30 amendments to this law that we don't know anything about. So what's with all the secrecy? Yeah, no, it's quite remarkable. You know, I think it started, of course, when the government created a gag order for the committee, which, um, which effectively meant that the committee was limited to five hours of debate, further debate. Uh, and after that, they would simply stop all debates on the bill and that they would go through the various clauses and amendments that remained and would vote on them. And there was no opportunity for any further discussion, no experts in the room, no sub-amendments, no anything. It was simply uh, vote up or down on the various amendments. And I should note that none of these were made public. And so for the last couple of days, wrapping up uh, earlier today, the committee literally went clause by clause voting on amendments that no one has publicly seen, or at least should uh, officially no one has seen, um, and there was no opportunity for any sort of discussion. It was, it was truly astonishing. And so what happens now? So the non-debate is now over. All of these secret amendments that no one really knows about, other than probably you, uh, are done. Um, I mean, do we even know what some of these new amendments are and what we need to know about? Well, certainly the committee hasn't made them available and the government hasn't either. Uh, what I think we're expecting is that next week we will see the bill come back to the House of Commons. It may, it may come on as, soon, as quickly as Monday or potentially on Tuesday, but either way, it'll be early next week. At that point in time, they will provide a, essentially an updated bill that incorporates all of these various changes that have not been made public. Uh, but rather than giving people a chance to digest and figure out what this is all about and the implications of some of these changes, at that stage, I think the expectation is that they will try to push this through the House of Commons as quickly as possible. But even as flawed as it is, they're going to push through a bill that they know will very likely get held up in the Senate and then probably get a charter challenge within 15 seconds of, of happening. So they know that they're pushing through this very, very flawed bill um, that, you know, if you, let's say, put Stephen Harper's name behind the party, people would go nuts. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, first to the first point, yes, uh, they they will push this through uh, if they have to. I think there's every reason to think that they will introduce new gag orders for the House uh, so they'll create what's known as time allocation to limit any further debate in order to bring this to a vote within the House of Commons. But as you rightly note, the bill would then go to the Senate. And given where we're at, 
basically mid-June. Um, it seems unlikely at this stage that there will be time for the Senate to conduct a review. And if anything, given what we've seen over the last few days, where the committee did not engage in what I think anybody would fairly say is an open democratic process where these provisions were, were appropriately vetted and reviewed, uh, I think mm -hmm. it's even more essential to ensure that the Senate does exactly that. And so it, if, if, if it gets put up to when it gets up to the Senate, though, um, what's the timeline that you're thinking that it would become law? Would it be within the summer? Well, that's the big question now. Um, no, the Senate typically will take a break just like the House does. So unless for whatever reason, senators decided they were going to continue forward with this through the summer, which is pretty unlikely. That's uh, that's typically not the way it functions. It will reach the Senate, assuming that it is passed in the House, but the Senate will be unlikely to finish its study. You know, assuming that they say yes, this needs a study. We we have to, if we are to be anything other than a rubber stamp, we pretty clearly have to study this study this bill and study especially all these amendments that that weren't even made public when they were agreed to. And so, if they're unable to get through that before they break for the summer, then it goes into the fall. But of course, as everybody knows. There is certainly a lot of expectation that there will be a, an election call sometime late in the summer, early in the fall. And if that happens, if there is an election call before the Senate has completed its job, then the bill will die. Yeah, and, and the cynical side of me says that they would like to get this bill pushed through before the election so that they can start uh, maybe silencing detractors and um, and and that would work in their favor. But, you know, on the other side, if they truly, really want to do this right, uh, you know, this thing's going to get bounced back. It's not going to pass forward. If it does, it'll be charter challenged. It's such a mess of a bill. That's just going to create even more attention to it and then make it even harder for them to ever get anything through. So I don't understand, you know, and listening to Pablo uh, Rodriguez yesterday, all flustered, you know, it's all the conservatives' fault. They're, they seem very frenzied to get this piece of legislation rammed through, even though they know and everyone else knows it is so deeply flawed and it's not going to help them in the future. Yeah, no, I agree with you that it's, uh, in many respects, really puzzling to see this. I mean, I think I think there are many, certainly around Ottawa, that believe that the political calculations here are this is a play for Quebec. They believe that this legislation is popular there, and um, you've got parties that basically want to be able to say, we did everything we could to try to pass this legislation. As for whether or not they want it passed before the election, you know, there's a school of thought that says they'd like to be able to campaign on the fact that they tried and were unable to do it, and they think it'll be popular in Quebec. But certainly, judging from some of the reactions that we've seen, it's quite clearly very unpopular in many parts of the country as well. So that feels like a pretty high-risk strategy to try to push this through. Yeah, nonetheless, as you point out, it is generally not the way we do uh, and make legislation in this country. And so that they are doing it like this is troubling. Oh, it's uh, it's astonishing. It really is. You know, this is a government that was elected on, you know, strongly campaigning that they were not the Harper government, who they you know painted as being very secretive and engaging in these kinds of tactics, saying that they were going to be transparent, that they were going to empower the various committees to, you know, make their own decisions and to have the independence so that there would be, you know, more effective review of legislation. And they basically just dispensed with all of those commitments when it came to Bill C-10. Suddenly, um, they, were, they were dictating to committees how long they could review the bill, something that, that hadn't been done in more than 20 years, and then resorted to the process that we saw over the last couple of days 
when you're when you're quite literally going amendment by amendment with no power to to even re- make it available to the public, much less engage in any sort of debate, sub amendments. Uh, requests to experts from the department itself to identify what mm-hmm. are the implications. None of that was happening. Well, I'm sure glad you've been watching that and as distracted as people are by the pandemic. This is an issue that has uh, started to gain a real traction. So uh, I'm glad that uh, you're able to talk about it and fill us in. Michael, thank you very much. Hope you get to a patio this weekend or at least uh, enjoy some kind of normal. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. That is Michael Guys joining us, who's a professor in all things internet and e-commerce. So yeah, watch this one carefully because there's a lot of funny business going on with it.